Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, JJ Peterson. Hi, JJ. Hi, Don. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. You know, JJ, tell me if this statement sounds like it means something, okay. but secretly doesn't. Okay. It is important to put customers first. Oh, wow. That does sound like it means something. Sounds and very it important, does it? should mean something. But how do you but do it? But often doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you can say that over and over, yes. and then you're like, uh... Yeah. uh customers I... first. What does it mean for customers first? Customers first. <laughs> customers <laughs> always right. What does That's that right. actually mean? How do you actually do that? Like, yeah. how do you actually apply that? I think we all know that if our entire organization put customers first, yeah. we would blow up. Yeah. We would grow. But none of us really know how to do it. Yeah. I was in Colorado recently, uh-huh. and we were there for Avery's wedding. Yes. You were there. Our friend Avery got married at a club in Colorado, yeah. and it was really a wonderful, wonderful place that is known for exceptional customer service. It's yeah. called the Roaring Fork Club. And a friend of mine who was at the club was talking with a group of her girlfriends, and they were, you know, they were just being chatty and loud and having yeah, fun. Yeah. And she turned around and said something to one of the staff members, asked a question, and the staff member didn't hear her because, you know, they were just being loud and stuff. Yeah. And the staff member said, I'm so sorry. Um, the answer is yes. What was the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's putting customers that is first. Customer first. Yeah. And man, we were there for, you know, a few times and we experienced it. I felt spoiled. The yeah. entire time. I even told Avery at like, afterwards at the wedding. I was like, this I feel like this is the first wedding I've been to where it was actually about me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's really funny. And it really was because funny. of the service. And they, were so, they were so good. They treated everybody like royalty. Yeah. And so we know it when we feel it. We know it when we see it. We know yeah. it when we experience it. How do we do it? Yeah. Well, today's guest is Jesse Cole. Yes. And he wrote a book called Find Your Yellow Tux. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Jesse, I introduced this in the last podcast, but I'll tell the story again. He owns a baseball team in Savannah, Georgia called the Savannah Bananas. Bananas. <laughs> this is not a pro team. It's not a triple A, double A, single A team. It is not a college team. It is a college summer league. <laughs> that is down there. Yeah. And Jesse sells out 4,000 seats to every single game. Yeah. He did last year. 2019, you cannot get a ticket. Yeah. They are all pre-sold, every yeah. single seat. And when you say, Jesse, how'd you do that? He said, Don, I put fans first. Yep. So we hear it again. And then I sit there and I go, oh, come on. How yeah, do you what, put fans really? Are... Really? He has 11 <laughs> ways. Yeah. That is he, he valuable it, yeah. information. He's he gonna, has it down. He's he knows gonna, what he's doing. He is. He's going to tell us how to and do it. I am a fan of him. Yeah. You know, when he says fans first, I'm like, I'm a fan of him. Well, <laughs> I think a lot of people are. I think yeah. that's why they go. But it is stuff that we can duplicate. Yep. It isn't just to say, well, Jesse's, you know, yeah, running around a in a yellow tuxedo and, yeah. and he's got a unique personality. That's what he means when he says, find your yellow tux. He doesn't mean go get a yellow tux and put it on. Find that thing that makes you tick and is your draw. And yeah. that's what he's actually doing. But the whole thing is about putting fans first. And he's got 11 ways that you can do it. So if you have a team of people, tell them about this episode of this podcast, buy a case of Jesse's books, and pay attention to this guy. 4,000 seats to watch college kids play baseball. Yeah, that you can't get. No, he's doing something else. Yeah. He's doing these 11 things. Yeah. So we actually talked for a long time. So sadly, that cuts you and I short. I'm good with that. In the spirit of putting other people first, (laughs) let's actually (laughs) listen to what Jesse has to say. This is Jesse Cole, owner, general manager of the Savannah Bananas, which sell out every game. 
author of the book, Find Your Yellow Tux. I don't want to wait anymore. Listen to what this amazing guy's up to. Jesse, thanks for coming on. Oh, pumped to be with you guys. Uh, you might be, and I hate saying this, he might be my favorite alumni ever. <laughs> That's a bold statement, but I'll take it. I, I know <laughs> I'm probably the only them. one in a yellow tuxedo, I'll tell you that. We talked about you before in the introduction, JJ and I. Your book is Find Your Yellow Tux, and you run two baseball teams, the Savannah Bananas and the Gastonia Grizzlies. Is that the other one? Yeah, we actually sold uh, the Gastonia. Savannah's become so big, and we just had a, a baby maverick, so we're focusing just on Savannah right now. What I love about the book is it's really about the core principle, I think, that will make any business succeed. I mean, we've all got tips and tricks and strategies and super, super helpful perspectives. But if you don't put customers first, you're doomed. And the whole book is really about that. And it's about finding yourself and being able to know who you are so that you can actually have the confidence to put others first. And it's worked for you. Talk to me about what life was like before you sort of realized, I've got to put fans first. <laughs> it's been a wild journey. You know, I've been in the industry for about almost 11 years now. And I remember when I first started with that Gastonia franchise and you know, there was only $268 in the bank account, only 200 <laughs> fans coming to the games. Did you I mean, buy was, a baseball team or did you just go, I'm going to make a baseball team? How'd you get into that? A crazy reason. We had the owner of the, the team actually offered me the job as a general manager right out of college. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he gave me the opportunity at 23. And, wow. and I know it was. It was the worst team in the entire country. He was just trying to get anyone to run it. And that was me. <laughs> so uh, I, I took it over and I realized the big thing is what business are you in, but what business are you really in? And I realized then that baseball was, to many, long, slow, and boring. And they weren't drawn people. So we had to make it something much more fun. And so we went all in on the entertainment. And I'm talking about, you know, salute to underwear nights, flatulence fun nights, grandma <laughs> beauty pageants. I, we, Who's we, coming we up with these ideas? Are you the one coming up with these ideas? <laughs> we the have a team? We have a team. But I mean, I think we use a premise on everything. And that's whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Hello. And that's how we look at everything. And so when you look at what is a normal baseball team doing, we said, let's let's go the exact opposite. And we just started taking small bets. And so the book shares the whole journey of how we were able to create that. And then as we were building this attention and with the yellow tux and everything we're doing, it's really about that fans first experience. And that has been the game changer. So yeah, started in Gastonia, then we came to Savannah. And when we came to Savannah, there was minor league baseball here for 90 years, professional baseball. And Don, I don't know if you're familiar, but the reality is we are one of the lowest levels of baseball. People don't know this, but there's major league, triple A, double A, high A, regular A, single A, rookie ball, professional independent ball, college ball. Then there's us down there at the bottom <laughs> at college summer baseball. And you're making more money than any of them. I got to point that out. You're selling out stands and hardly anybody else is. We've been very fortunate. And when we came to Savannah, not many people bought into us at first. I mean, it got so bad six months into it that my wife and I, we had to you know, literally empty out our savings account, sell our house, and we were sleeping on an air bed until we convinced everyone wow. that we were going all in on this fan experience and all you can eat tickets and a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas. We went all in on it. <laughs> and fortunately now we've, we've sold out every single game and it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. How many seats are in your park? So we have over 4,000. Holy mackerel. I mean, that's bigger than a Broadway theater and you're <laughs> filling it up. It's crazy. We have a wait list in the thousands. We've sold out every game all the way back into our first season. 
I mean, there's scalpers outside the games. And this is college summer baseball. That's what's hilarious about it. But, you know, again, we've gone all in on this fans first experience and we believe in it more than anything. Well, I want to talk about your book, Find Your Yellow Tux. We're going to do a little summary of uh, each of the points in the book so that everybody in the audience really understands exactly how to do this in their own business. But when you released the book, you told me a funny story about how you did it. You just got to repeat it for everybody. <laughs> well, again, goes back to the premise, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Right. So, you know, people have book tours. So we were like, we're going to do a world book tour. We're just going to do it at Epcot. And so, <laughs> and so I love my wife because she bought in on this. And uh, so we went into Epcot in the yellow tux and we went to each country with the books, taking pictures with people going around all the countries <laughs> until halfway through a security guard came up to me and said, sir, you're going to have to leave. And I go, excuse me, he goes, all the guests are confusing you as one of our characters. You need to get out of here. <laughs> so the World Book Tour, book tour got, uh, got cut off pretty shortly. But uh, again, it was fun. It created some buzz. And that's what we're all about. I'm absolutely <laughs> stealing that idea with the next book. All right, let's jump into it. Again, the book is called Find Your Yellow Tux. And really, you're talking about the difference between success and failure. And you've got some you know, just sort of go for it ideas. What is the mirror moment? I think every person in every company should have that. And that's where you literally look at yourself in the mirror. Think more in the business. What industry are you in? And what frustrates people about that industry? Put yourself in the customer's shoes and think about that. And I realized that with baseball, people thought the games were way too long, way too slow. I mean, think about this too, Don. When you go to a sporting event, most times what happens, you get nickel and dimed. You pay your ticket, yeah. then it's seven bucks for a beer, eight bucks for a whatever, and you just keep paying for it. So we said, all right, that frustrates people. And so we had to have that mirror moment and go the exact opposite. And so now every one of our tickets is all you can eat. It includes all your burgers, hot dogs, chicken sandwiches, soda, water, popcorn, dessert, everything, and the ticket for $18. Wow. So people are really coming there. I mean, a big part of it is they're coming there to feed the family and be distracted and have some entertainment for the night. And it's a great deal. Yeah, what's the best experience? So I believe every business should do that. Literally look at your industry. Whatever it is, what are you in? What are those things that are frustrating people? That's, you know, think about Uber. That was created. And obviously Blockbuster got shut down because Netflix realized that it was inconvenient. You were paying late fees and they did the exact opposite. So that's how we've kind of created that mentality. And we even go a step further, Don, which is I think a lot of business can do this. We did this thing called Undercover Fan. And everyone on our full-time staff, our interns, go undercover as a fan for a night and literally watch everything. They stand in lines, they park like everyone else, and at the end of the night, when we talk about our fans' first moments, we actually go over the entire experience. And everybody who works for you has to do that. Every single person, even me without the yellow tuxedo, everyone's like, where is Jesse? But I, I learned so much because I was a customer, and that goes in from that mirror moment. I realized there were some things that are frustrating our fans that can be a lot better experience. Boy, that idea alone will revolutionize everything. I'm gonna do that. We've gotta figure that out here at StoryRand. Because, you know, people won't tell you things. <laughs> of course not. You have to see it. You have to feel it. Or they won't even feel like they deserve something that they actually deserve, and you don't realize it until you have that experience. Something we take pride about is that first impression and how fans come to our ballpark. So we actually dress up our parking attendants as parking penguins. <laughs> now, does it make any sense? Of course not. But I thought the idea of people seeing people dressed up as penguins parking you would be fun. So we have this when they first come in. And then when they walk past them, we have our players set up literally signing autographs and greeting fans. And as they walk past them, we have our live pep band playing you know, popular songs like Rocky and Final Countdown as the fans are walking in. And then we have our ticket takers dressed up in full banana costumes, ripping your banana-shaped tickets that are scratch and sniff and smell like bananas. That is awesome. That's the entrance to the stadium. But here's what I realized when I went undercover. I came right before the game. 
and I came at 6.55, and the players were already on the field getting ready for the game. The band was already on the field getting ready to set up, and I missed part of that whole entrance. So I realized we got to split the players up. We got to split the band up because I want everyone to have that amazing first impression. We wouldn't have had that if I didn't go undercover and saw that. Wow. And that's the value of going undercover fan and having those mirror moments. I love that. Okay. Principle number two, the best question, it's the ask yourself, what are you best at? The best question. Is that what you had to do? You had to sit down and say, okay, how am I wired? Yes. I realized all the things I'm terrible at. And this was from, as a lot of owners, we get involved in so many things. The business is owner dependent. And in beginning in Gastonia, I was literally in the concession stand. I was trying to put up signs, which would take me like 30 minutes to put up an easy sign. I was yeah. terrible at those things. <laughs> but what I was great at was being on the field, being a showman, promoting the brand, getting people excited. You know, during the games now, I take selfies with fans. I deliver roses to little girls in the crowd. That's what I'm the best at. And I think people in every business should ask themselves, what makes them different? What makes them stand out? And what are they the best at? What makes you different? What makes you stand out? And what are you best at? Yes. Those are three fantastic questions. Is that what you mean by find your yellow tux? Yeah, I believe everybody has one thing that makes them stand out. It's the best version of themselves. It may not be as showy as what you're doing. Somebody might just be a really good you know, writer or something like that. I know a friend. 100%. But how many times during a given day are they doing so many things that aren't that? Right. They're putting out fires. You know, so that's what we pride ourselves in trying to do exactly what we're the best at. All right, here's a third principle we pulled from the book. Be a sponge. What do you mean by be a sponge? Uh, you're constantly learning. You know, we yeah. learn more outside the industry. I learn more on cruise ships, at the Ritz-Carlton, going wow. on vacations. We don't go to baseball conferences. We go to all these other ones. We bring that towards what we're doing at our ballpark. I think everyone should get out of their own bubble, be a sponge, and learn from other people. You know what's amazing about you is you're a phenomenal success, but you are extremely humble. <laughs> I mean, you're here to say, hey, here's what I've learned, but I haven't learned anything yet. I'm still learning. You know what I mean? Oh, Jeez, I love 100%, that. 100%. I mean, you only know so much. And I think the reality is in 11 years, I've been in this bubble learning it. And I'm just so fascinated to learn from great people like you and everyone else and bring it to what we do. Okay. And this is probably my favorite point from the book, a different mindset. Practice thinking about crazy ideas. <laughs> no bad ideas. You guys have a no bad idea community? We have an idea box here at yeah. the state. And we put ideas in regularly. And then we have an idea palooza where we literally bring all of us to talk about ideas. Ideas are everything. I believe it's a muscle and you need to constantly work it over and over again because I believe ideas are currency, but it's implementation that will make you rich. You gotta have the ideas first. Say, repeat that. This is groundbreaking for a lot of people. Ideas are currency, but it's implementation that makes you rich. Yes. If you don't execute, nothing's gonna happen. 100%. So we'll have thousands of ideas, but now we ask, all right, who's implementing? Who's owning it? We want people to own the outcome and own the result. And so that's the next step. We started with all these ideas. Now we need them to be implemented. And that's why we focus on a different mindset. All right. Well, here you're going to speak the gospel to the choir here, but simplify, simplify, <laughs> simplify. Point number five. That's why you're in the book. You confuse, you lose, my friend. Uh, <laughs> that's right. It was mind-blowing to me. And then I read uh, Friction by Jeff Rosenblum, and it said, whoever says the most in the least amount of words wins. Yeah. And it blew my mind. I was like, yes. What are we owning in the mind of our customer? You guys own story. You own it, all right? We're trying to own, which is a challenge for us. It's not about baseball. Family entertainment. It's this entertainment. It's the show. We're trying to own the word show. We want to create Ooh, a like show. That. So we say, people, welcome to the show. Did you enjoy the show? We don't talk about the games. Don, the team could lose 12-0. <laughs> but did they enjoy the show? And that's what we're trying to do. So what are you owning in your customer's mind? And that's a lot from you and your guidance. And uh, it's really been a game changer for us. I'll be back with the rest of my interview with Jesse Cole in just a moment. 
hey, you've probably talked to somebody who's been through the online version of the StoryBrand Marketing Workshop. They watched my videos, and it really helped them clarify their message and create a marketing plan that worked. I think it's the simplest, easiest thing to execute that you will get the biggest return on your investment for. The problem is the online course is not always available. It's only sometimes available. We send people through in cohorts, and we take care of them in that way. It is available now. If you're listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, it is available until Thursday of this week. That is November 8th. And then it closes. It closes at midnight on November 8th. So if you're listening on the 6th, 7th, or the 8th, it's available right now and it's about to go away. You want to go to storybrand.com slash online. That's storybrand.com slash online. And make sure you get it. We actually refilm the entire thing. And then we filmed a bunch of other supplemental videos that help you execute on your clear message and give you a marketing plan that if you just do the very simple things that we tell you how to do in the online course, you're going to get a return. Some of you are wondering, how in the world do I reshape my marketing? We've got to have a marketing plan. We don't have one. We just keep trying things and nothing seems to work. This is exactly what you want to do. Go to storybrand.com slash online. It's only available till Thursday, November 8th at midnight. Make sure you pick it up today. Don't miss your opportunity. Storybrand.com slash online. You ever get calls from major league, minor league sport teams that just say, hey, give us some ideas? I mean, I'm sure you get those calls, right? Because our whole staff has tickets to the major league soccer team here in town, and they're just getting started. They won't go pro for another two years. But, you know, it's soccer. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And uh, other than the mini corn dogs and the bourbon slushies, which are awesome, by the way, you know, there's not a lot going on but soccer. You ever get calls from those guys that just say, hey, give us some tips on how we can spice up our game? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are still focused on the baseball. So we get lots of calls, but the reality is they're not going to have – our players do a choreographed dance every single game, (laughs) literally a choreographed dance. We have a breakdancing first base coach. So, I mean, we're doing things that they don't feel comfortable doing, which I love because we're separating ourselves. So they call, how can you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's who we are. We get calls, but a lot of them think we're too crazy, being honest, which I'm okay with. (laughs) All right. Point number six, small steps. Let the mission statement lead the day to day. What do you mean by that? Small bets. So when you know what business you're in, for us, everything's fans first, but we need to constantly experiment. And we try things. Many have failed. I mentioned salute to underwear night. And uh, what was salute to underwear night? So we actually, anybody who wore underwear on the outside got a free ticket. This was back in the day. It was the most unfamily-friendly night we've ever had. I mean, it was, it was terrible. I mean, it was gross, all right? 50 fans showed up, but and the media showed up, which was not good. 50 fans with their underwear on the outside and the media. Uh, was, That's not the press day nasty. you want. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, flatulence fun night where we gave away whoopee cushions and had a farting contest and a bean oh, burrito contest. I mean, again, we tried things, but a lot of them <laughs> failed. Um, the world's largest tickets I talk about in the book. You know, again, whatever's normal. We created tickets that were like the size of huge posters and we thought they were really cool. Our fans hated them. They're like, what are we supposed to do with these giant tickets? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's awesome. But it done. I think what's cool, it, it built our brand, and our brand is to try things that are new, unique, and outrageous. So we've learned from all these. I mean, we have a, a beer festival. It's called Tap in the Morning Beer Fest because you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So it starts at 9 a.m. The beer fest is at 9 a.m. And the game and is that afternoon or evening, right? No, we don't have a game. We just oh, do a morning <laughs> beer fest. <laughs> 
And the first year, no one showed up, but now it's a big event. And so I think well, you got to constantly be trying new events and, and innovating. And that's what we're constantly trying these new things and pushing the envelope. And you don't care if you fail, do you? I mean, obviously, you want things to succeed. But what do you do after underwear night? You're going to bed that night going, oh, heavenly days. Oh, back then when it happened, I was miserable. But now I'm like, that, that's part of the story. I mean, people love it. So I'm like, if it's a failure, does it at least create a story? If you create a story, then that X builds your brand. So I look at it as a marketing now. So I'm, oh, I've changed my way go. of looking at it. There you go. Okay, the long game. You always want to keep the long game in mind. You talk about this on page 176. It comes down to the three Ps, patience, persistence, and perseverance. Uh, don't expect to get rich quick. And we literally use the same analogy you use. We just think about farming. Yes. You got to put seeds in the soil. You got to harvest the soil. You got to pray for rain. Yes. What the inverse we paint is, I tell our staff, be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. Hmm. Can you tell me, what does that look like? So when I first came up, it was all about, I was trying to build myself, become this GM, become very successful. It wasn't until I started focusing completely on our staff, completely on our people, that everything else started taking care of itself. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like every day, I'm thinking, I'm walking around, what can I do for our people? What does this workplace look like? And we've had zero turnover since then, which is crazy for millennials. We have all 22 yeah. to 26 years old. I mean, Don, we've let them dictate their salary to us That's before. Awesome. It's crazy. So I'm trying to think about how can it be the best workplace for them? And be patient in that, in the sense, work hard on that, and then you'll be patient in what the success that happens to you. And so we understand we're the long game. I think we realize we're a startup, but not every year are we going to have seven-figure huge growth. It's only been three years of the Savannah Bananas. And in the scheme of things, that's nothing. That's so It's really incredible. It's crazy, and we've sold out every game, but there's so much more we want to create. We want to change the game of baseball. We want to make a bigger difference. So now I'm impatient on how much I focus on the culture and our fans. You know, That's what it is. You focus on the who, not the what. And that's kind of the, been the thing for us. And I'm playing the long game there, so then everything else takes care of itself. How much is the giant vision, we want to change the game of baseball, affect your team morale when they realize this is bigger than just the Savannah Bananas or this is bigger than just free corn dogs? This is, we're trying to change a culture. We talk about it all the time. And that's, we know, a part of simplifying. Everything for us is fans first. It's fans yeah. first and always. And our big dragon that we're trying to slay is change the game of baseball. Oh, Every week in staff so chats, I share the vision. I go, guys, here's where we are and here's what we're doing. We're this far away. We're this far away. Because you'll hear in soon time, we're going to make a big, big announcement. And we're getting steps there to do it. And I'll tell you, it galvanizes the group. It fires us up. And we have purpose and passion what we're doing. Because we're not just selling tickets and corn dogs, as you said. We're doing something much bigger to make an impact. And that's what I believe young people are driven by. It's purpose. It's yeah. what's the impact they're doing. And that's been the big thing that's brought us together. Which is really, really beautiful about this next generation. They've actually named it. They've just said, we want to be bigger than ourselves. Yes. We want transcendence. Yes. Love it. Well, you're giving them that. Okay. Go all in. There's always a tipping point. you got to go all in until you hit it. What does going all in look like? Obviously, it means wearing a yellow tux. And <laughs> well, here's what it looks like. It looks like January 15, 2016, on a Friday, literally 4.45, we got a call, and we had overdrafted our account. We had no money left. We had six employees, and my wife and I didn't know what to do. Mm. And she turned to me. She said, we have to sell our house. We have to go all in. We believe in this. We believe in our people. Your wife said that. She led the charge, so we're going she all in. She said it to me, and I can't tell enough about the support if you have someone like that. And yeah. She said that to me, and we sold the house. We emptied our savings account, My goodness. and we literally started living on an airbed. It was a game changer for us, and we lived by, uh, you know, you got to enjoy saving more than spending, and we tried to not spend any money, and that was going all in. It was because we believed in a bigger vision of what we were doing. And I think everyone at some point, if you do enough small bets, if you have enough belief in what you're trying to do, you do have to go all in. But you can't do it if you don't believe in it. Yeah. And that's for us. It came all down to belief. And we were able to get through those nights where we didn't sleep. 
And literally in the middle of the night, I'd go to grab water. I'd come back to the airbed. My wife would be airborne. So I'd hit on the airbed and she'd be airborne. You know, she tells the story when she's speaking to groups about how, you know, one night a cockroach was on my face in the oh, middle gosh. of the I mean, it was bad, Don. But you know what? I'm so glad we went through and it. this wasn't long ago. This was what? Three years ago. Three years ago. Heavenly days. Yeah. And now you're sold. You're literally sold out. There's a waiting list to get in. Yes. And we're very fortunate. We tell that story to all our people. All our people know it. And that's, that's who we are. That's what we went through to be, reach this level. Well, it's the next principle in your book. Hello, world. you got to tell everybody. Yeah. So you're sleeping on arrow beds with cockroaches, <laughs> and uh, you went all in, and then you just started asking people to come to the games, right? I believe attention beats marketing 1,000% of the time. That's awesome. We started creating attention. We offered Obama an internship after his term was over as president. <laughs> I mean... When, and now, when you do that, do you put it on your website, or do you actually call the press, or what, what do you do? You can search it on YouTube. So we, we did this video, and uh, literally going through it, it was like done to like the Dollar Shave Club theme, like going through the office, offering him the internship, and uh, we never heard back from him. So we're very, I mean, we were getting him a host family, you know, get him an opportunity. I mean, we had all this great positions. But again, we do those things. And I mean, we continue to do what can we do to create attention? I mean, we've adopted a pig, we brought a pig into the stadium, and we've done some just really weird things. But once you create the tension in the eyes and the ears of your customer, then they can understand the brand and who you are and what you do. If you don't have attention, you have nothing. What did Willie Nelson say once? He said, don't read your press, weigh it. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> That's a great quote. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Whatever love you do, especially in the entertainment industry. And I was inspired by P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum, yeah. I've read everything on him. He's been a big influencer in me, and that's what we use a lot of his techniques as well. That's so fun. And, you know, if it doesn't sound sophisticated to you, just think about the sophisticated ways that people actually are simply trying to bring attention to themselves, and you'll realize this is all a game. All right, fun is a priority. You've got to keep it fun. Got to keep it entertaining. We have a director of fun. We literally hired a director of fun to make sure that it's worth really content. what you're selling. I mean, you're selling entertainment, but you're selling fun. It's one of the 30 things on Bain and Capital's Elements of Value Pyramid where they talk about the 30 things people actually want to buy. And one of those 30 things is fun and entertainment. Love it. Nobody wants to buy baseball, right? They want to buy fun and entertainment. And you've done exactly that. So you're just always trying to keep it fun for the family. And it's year-round. Like I said, I mean, we had our director of fun left Norwegian Cruise Lines as their top cruise director to become our director of fun. So and we did a national cool. search, and he came in, and, you know, he wears a cheetah suit. He's constantly messing with the, the, the staff, having fun. I mean, literally, he's on the crowd. He gets 4,000 people standing and dancing in unison every single game. He's like, oh, yeah, we used to do this on the cruise ship. And I'm watching like 4,000 like dad, little kids, grandmas. They're all doing a hey, baby dance like this. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? And I was like, those are the moments. When people leave our ballpark, I want them to feel like, wow, we were a part of something. You won't believe what we just experienced together. That's a memory we'll never forget. Yeah. And that's he brings that in fun plus that customer service experience. You put those together. I feel like that's our secret sauce. That's amazing. All right, and then finally, the 11th point, and you've probably got 50 points, but we pulled these 11 out. you got to keep them talking. Give them something to talk about. Yeah, P.T. Barnum, without promotion, something terrible happens. <laughs> Nothing. That was his quote. <laughs> Nothing. And so, you know, we built this into our brand. What are we doing to create attention? Every couple of months. I mean, for instance, last year, what do most teams do? They sell T-shirts. They sell hats. We came out with Dolce and Banana underwear. So we actually literally came out with underwear with a giant banana on the crotch for the large banana. And then we had a small banana on the crotch for the smaller banana. Let's put it this way. The big banana outsold the small banana dramatically. <laughs> but again, we did this. We did a video like the Dolce and Gabbana commercials, black yes. and white, with a person pouring water over his body with the underwear. And what happened is it sold like crazy. I don't know why people were buying our underwear, but it created attention. And so that's building into the brand. So we're looking to keep them talking constantly. What are we doing next to keep people thinking about us in a fun way and an exciting way? 
Jesse, a big problem with a lot of marketing messaging is we're focusing on ourselves. You do an amazing job making your customer the hero. Tell us some stories about just exactly what that looks like for the Savannah Bananas. It comes down to empowering our people, whether they're interns, full-time staff, to go all out to deliver that fans first experience. And I'll never forget our first season. You know, we had a young intern, Barry was his name, and someone, a family bought eight tickets to a game. And after every single person buys a ticket, we call and thank them, but we couldn't get in touch with them. That's unbelievable. So we kept trying. Finally, we were able to get in touch with the father. And he said, I'm so sorry. You know, we're not going to be able to make the game. We have seven kids and my wife bought the tickets, but she just tragically died. Oh, goodness. And Barry came to me as an intern and said, Jesse, we have to do something. And I said, 100%. He goes, let's give the kids the best experience they've ever had. And so he called the dad back and said, we'd love to have you. We're going to give you a VIP experience. We want to make this special. And I'll never forget, Barry, as an intern, got a jersey with the mother's name on it, the amount of years that they were married, the husband and the wife. And we brought seven kids to the game. When they got there, we gave them the best seats in the house. We brought all the players up. We delivered bats, signed balls. The players hung out with the kids before the game. The family ended up staying for the entire game. Afterwards, the father said, told to us, that was the last gift the mother gave to the kids. We couldn't imagine a better gift. That's just incredible. And you've empowered your entire people to think this way, to, to literally go out and listen to the stories of the fans and make them the hero of the story. Yeah, we listen. You know, I, after one game, a big man with a mustache came up to me, gave me a huge bear hug, and he goes, thank you so much. And I go, what was that for? And he goes, my mother and I haven't talked in years, but she came to your games and watched the players dance and watched all the fun. She now comes to every game and we sit together. You help bring our relationship together. Well, that's incredible. And it's those things that gives us a sense of purpose that we share over and over again with our people. We're not just selling tickets. We're part of something that's making a difference in people's lives. And it makes all the hours, all the time, all the effort to sell out every single game 100% worth it. And that's what it's all about for us. Well, I absolutely love it. Jesse, the book is Find Your Yellow Tux. If anything, it's going to give you and your team an influx of energy, passion, and enthusiasm about what you're doing. There's no way you're going to get more than eight or ten pages into this book without coming up with an idea that revolutionizes everything. You don't just write about it, Jesse. You live it. I think, actually, more people are interested in getting on an airplane and going down and seeing the Savannah Bananas than they are in your book. But you got to tell us, when does season start? You're wrapping it up right now, right? Yeah, we finished. So we start at the end of May and go through middle of August. Uh, right now, we're in event season in the off season. But, uh, yeah, we start. It's a, a quick season, but it's wild. It's jam-packed. And, and I will say this, Don. Uh, you were a tremendous inspiration to me. The two days I spent at the StoryBrand workshop changed our whole philosophy, simplified everything about us, and made a bigger impact than you could ever imagine. So I want to thank you and your team. Well, we're grateful. We couldn't be helping a better cause. This is just a blast. It's the Savannah Bananas. If you've ever visited Savannah, Georgia, you know how beautiful it is down there. It's worth the trip. But the book is called Find Your Yellow Tux. If you want an entertaining, fun, inspirational read that will make you feel great and also give you some practical tips on growing your business so you can get a return on your investment, Find Your Yellow Tux by Jesse Cole. Jesse, thanks for being on. Thanks so much, Don. JJ, you ready to go to Savannah? Yeah. I've never been to Savannah. I've been to Charleston. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I hear I hear Savannah and Charleston are like sister cities. Yeah. And I love Charleston. We are going. And can we get yellow suits? <laughs> can we please? <laughs> can, can our the yellow suit that we find actually literally be I think yellow you suit? and I have to dress like bananas. <gasps> I'm in. What if we didn't tell the people of Savannah which game we were going to, uh -huh. but we showed up <laughs> and we brought like, you know, 
10 free books or something that we uh-huh. could give away. If you see a guy in a banana suit, you yeah. come up, ask I'm him in, if it's me or Jay. I am 100% in. Okay, we're doing it. We're, yeah. g- we're going to go to Savannah. We're going to go to a Savannah Bananas <laughs> game. Partly because it just sounds like a blast. Yeah. Yeah. And partly, I really want to spend time with Jesse because I yeah. think that guy rubs off on you. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And, man, that kind of enthusiasm and love for customers, I love it. Yeah. I love a guy like that. So, Jesse, congratulations on all your success and everything you've got going there. You're doing more than just entertaining fans. You're inspiring people. Yeah. And I'm certainly inspired. The book is called Find Your Yellow Tux Again. You know, we don't get anything when we sell these books. People get mad at me because they're like, Don, I got 37 books yeah. on my end. If you just want to basically be inspired and get a great chuckle and yeah. just have more passion for your business again, go pick up Jesse's book. Jesse, thanks for joining us. Listen, music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest EP, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify and on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. 